So welcome to the last episode of this Humour podcast series. This season is devoted to reflecting on the last 30 years of Humour and how wound management has changed in the period since the foundation of the association. In this episode, we'll discuss wound education. How have the goals of wound education changed and what challenges have been faced during the past 30 years? My name is Samantha Holloway. I'm a reader and programme director in the Centre for Medical Education School of Medicine based at the College of Life and Biomedical Sciences at Cardiff University in the UK. I'm also the chair of the Education Committee and Teacher Network of Yuma. I'm very pleased to welcome two highly experienced wound educators, Madeleine Flanagan and Sebastian Probst. Madeleine Flanagan is the Programme Director of the MSc Skin Integrity and Wound Management and the MSc in Clinical Dermatology at the University of Hertfordshire. Sebastian Probst is Professor in Wound Care at University of Applied Sciences, Western Switzerland, and is the current President of UMA. Welcome, Madeleine and Sebastian. Hello, nice to be here. Hello, thank, thank you very much, Sam, for inviting me. That's good. Okay, so um, Madeline, perhaps I can start with you. Um, you were involved in the early days of the Yuma Education Committee and have contributed to the development of several initiatives made by Yuma over the years. Sebastian, you're the current Yuma president and heavily involved in all of the many current educational activities that Yuma undertake. I know that wound, educa- wound care education is close to your hearts and look forward to discussing this with you. So first of all, Madeline, I'd like to ask you about your observations on what has been achieved in wound management education by associations such as Yuma, as well as educational institutions across Europe, as I'm sure you've experienced a number of developments in the time that you've been involved in the Yuma educational programme. Thank, thank you. Yes, um, I've been involved in Yuma since the early days, since 1991. And my earliest memory was going to the first conference, which was in Cardiff. And we were very pleased, if I remember rightly, to have about 150 people at that conference. Um, and this was a time where there was very little interest in, in wound care. New technologies were coming along. But there was no information. There were no books, no journals. Uh, Organisations were in their very early stages. And as wound care practitioners, we were all in isolated pockets, didn't know how to communicate with each other, didn't really know what anyone else was doing. And I think this was the aim of Yuma right at the beginning was to, to be a focal point for that wound care interest. And really, I think from those early days, such a lot has been achieved in that time. Um, Yuma's brought together clinicians, scientists, industry colleagues, researchers, and I sort of call this the wound care revolution. It was really sort of putting a spark and and getting everybody together and making them realise that if we work together, what what we could achieve. So alongside that, in terms of education, I think for me that the key things were 
the early position documents and and uh, this was at a time where there was very little information at all so um, position statements on wound bed preparation on compression therapy um, we still refer to these documents today they, they've been pivotal in uh, guiding practice and um, helping practitioners think about their own practice and how to to develop their own practice we got on an early early days we started to talk as educationalists people like um, yourself um, people like Sue Bale, um, uh, Christina Lindholm. And these were people working in universities who prior to this, prior to Yuma, were isolated. And we started to talk about curriculum content and defining standards. And that work has continued um, uh, over the last 30, 30 years and has led to some fantastic developments and really innovations we've led. I think Yuma has led, led the way. Um, I think that the last point I would like to make is the development of the university conference model. And that's something I've been involved in right from the beginning, which is when we took a group of university students, postgrad students, and instead of teaching them wound care in the classroom, I brought them out to the conference to meet all, all the specialists, all the experts, um, get that synergy and that enthusiasm for wound management. And then very quickly, other institutions across Europe joined us. So now we've got this fantastic network of academic institutions with postgraduates and undergraduates in countries such as Belgium, uh, Lithuania, Portugal, Austria, Switzerland. Um, and we're learning as teachers it's not just the practitioners learning it's the teachers and that's led to the teach the teacher program and the teacher network so Yuma for me has really sort of ignited and, and put that opportunity together right from those early days. Thank you Madeline perhaps I can just ask you a follow-up question um, about the university conference model um, can you briefly just give an overview of that for anyone who's not familiar with how that works, you know, and how, how they might start to implement that in their own university? So the university conference model is, is um, an initiative where an academic institution that is teaching wound care to its students brings the students along to the Yuma conference um, and gives them a free reign, does some facilitation during that time and um, moves along with the students through the scientific sessions, workshops. We may plan activities in the exhibition or look at posters. We might go and interview, um, uh, you know, uh, a wound care luminary. Um, we can do anything. It's very dynamic teaching. It's very adult learning. It gives the students a lot of freedom to pursue their own interests. And so over the three days of the conference, um, we work together in our own university groups. But the beauty of it is because there's five or six other universities there, those students are sharing some specific educational sessions for them. So they're dipping into the scientific program, they're networking with other university students who may be postgrad, may be uh, undergrad, 
and they're from all different professional groups and I think that's one of the, the key things so it's dynamic adult learning and the feedback from the students is always so positive they, they really go away enthused and lots of them say they've learned how to get the best out of a conference they've got the confidence to talk to people that they may have only seen as authors in, in, in a, a journal and you may say well that's such and such over there and they go and speak to them and so I think for a lot of people it really um, sets their career path and, and gives them the, 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 the feeling of the potential that wound care has and that enthusiasm that you can't get in a classroom. And of course, if we move to more digital ways of de delivering education, that model could still work, albeit probably slightly differently. But in terms of hybrid conferences, you could still manage to fit the university conference model in somehow, uh, yes, although it will look yes. different. Yes, and we have been doing that in in the pandemic. Um, and feedback is, you know, we're human beings. We do like to interact face to face. Um, so I think, you know, some of that quality is, is lost, but it's about networking and learning about practice in different countries. And I think that's one of the key things that Yuma does. If you're a practitioner in London, you're not familiar with um, what uh, happens, you know, for a patient with a wound in Belgium or in Germany. And, you know, it's that it's that informal conversation that that the students have and the delegates have at a conference, that that's what we're really keen to get back to. Yeah, okay, thank you, Madeline. So um, Sebastian, just to come to you. So we're talking about the observations and what has been achieved in wound management education by associations such as Yuma, as well as educational institutions across Europe. Thank you. Um... Yeah, since uh, 2015, Yuma has developed and published several post-registration uh, qualification curricula targeting uh, not only nurses, but also physicians who are engaged in wound management. And this month, uh, we will publish um, a new curricula, the pre-registration nurse curricula. And all these um, curricula, they will support the standardization of the education in wound management for nurses and physicians uh, across Europe. Additionally, we were just talking before um, about the digital, uh, the digital expansion of the Yuma activities um, and the resources. And um, here, Yuma will um, become a little bit the go-to place for uh, education in wound management um, for all the healthcare professionals. And um, there we can provide some um, updated um, high quality resources that where we can cover a variety of different uh, wound care related topics um, such as um, surgical site infection where we have uh, uh, the webinars or telemedicine or um, uh, biofilm for example and um, we can uh, address that to these uh, various relevant target groups. 
Additionally, we are um, developing um, materials that are um, uh, engaging and inspiring uh, practitioners in the use and especially to help uh, to enhance the patient outcomes. We uh, try also, and this is uh, one of my goals, uh, to um, redo the um, uh, knowledge center of Yuma. So we will have um, this uh, learning platform. Um, and we also, uh, thanks to the Yuma Secretariat, we were uh, revisiting all the e-learning units uh, that will be available for everybody that is interested in um, wound care. So we do a lot of um, things that are helping clinical practice uh, to, um, to enhance our uh, patient outcomes. And Sebastian, I think um, you were one of the first implementers at your university of the level six curriculum, I believe. Yes. Yeah, yes. so um, you've had at least a year or two maybe of that implementation. Is there anything you can tell us about how that's been evaluated or how you find it? Yes. Um, we um we had to um we have 200 uh, bachelor students a year and uh, it was very difficult to um teach wound care um within an auditorium so uh, we put uh, the theoretical um elements we put all into e-learnings blended learnings blended e-learning units and um the, so the students they had to have their objectives defined uh, by Yuma. And um, then they got their um, um, uh, theoretical content. And afterwards, they came back uh, to the university. And there, we put everything into practice with workshops. Due to the pandemic, it was a big challenge because uh, we had to have smaller workshops. That means we had uh, four students per workshop. And you can imagine how many tutors we needed. But thanks to our postgraduate um, uh, wound care uh, program, we could recruit um, enough uh, um, teachers that were supporting us in these um, tasks. Thank you. That's great to hear. So I'm sure if, if anyone wants any more information, they can certainly maybe contact your university for guidance. Of course. I'm happy. Thank you. So, so Madeline, to come back to you, um, I'd just like to ask you your opinion on what you feel the main challenges in wound management education are. I think it's an interesting question. And there are a lot of challenges out there. Um, it is actually quite difficult to narrow it down because there's many different perspectives. So um, I think for me, um, right at the beginning, going back to the beginning, we still need to improve the evidence. It can be very difficult to teach. We try to teach principles. We try to link that back to the evidence base. and um, that evidence base, although strides have been made over the last sort of 20 to 30 years, the evidence base is still weak. Um, we've, we've got to establish better research funding. You know, wound care 
is not top priority with, with current um, healthcare demands, although interestingly COVID has highlighted the, the importance of skin integrity and we need to capitalise on that. So I think we have to go right back to the beginning looking at the evidence base to support the teachings so that we can explain the principles of care. Um, I think adding on to that, that is all very well, uh, but one of the biggest challenges we have as academics is how to teach people critical appraisal skills. So we could have the best evidence in the world, but if you haven't got the time or the, the skill, the knowledge, or the confidence to understand that research and understand what that research means for my patients in terms of clinical practice decisions. And I think a lot of the time this critical appraisal, it's, it's, it's delivered as a very dry theoretical subject and practitioners, you know, sometimes don't realize what this has to do with them and best practice and how to improve patient outcomes. So I think we've sort of got to, to, to make critical appraisal more of a clinical decision making sort of um, activity uh, rather than, you know, a, a research type of activity. So we've got to get people enthusiastic. And I think that is also about teaching the teachers how to do it. Um, so, so all of these things are sort of all interconnected. Um, the, the next point I, I think is important is we've got to get more people with wound care clinical experience into academic institutions and, and Sebastian mentioned that he's got a great team of practitioners and I have as well but these pockets of practitioners are in certain institutions and we sort of know where they are around Europe and if your your local institution doesn't have that expertise then actually you probably um, don't have access to wound care education so there's still not enough um, clinical wound care being taught in universities and we need to sort of get together with the scientists, the statisticians um, uh, and pull that all together. Um, and my final point would be to take that, that concept of teaching to patients. Um, and I think one thing the pandemic's shown us is if in the circumstances we've been in, we haven't been able to get to our patients, we need to be able to teach and facilitate so our patients can manage their own wounds. And so I think that's made me think as a teacher, what do we need to do? We need to upskill practitioners so that they can support the patient, because sometimes the patient has to do it on their own. Um, and we're making use of, of um, e-consultations, etc. But that's been a steep learning curve for us. So I think a lot of different factors for me, um, and we probably could talk about this for hours and hours. So of all of those factors you've mentioned, which do you think is the most urgent to address, Madeline, that um, could make a difference, do you think? I think it's, I think it's about getting the, the right sort of teachers into a position where they have the skills um, to engage practitioners. I think it's a two half question. Um, 
And I think institutions, you know, everybody's very busy at the moment and it's education's always the what the bit that's sacrificed. We can't allow the staff to go to that session. Um, so we need as educators to look at ways of getting that information across, making it uh, available to people um, in a different format, not necessarily sitting in a classroom. Yeah, because I mean, what are the risks if those challenges aren't addressed, do you think? You know, what are we likely to be well, facing? Well, it's always the same risk. It's poor patient outcomes. Um, I think we've learned a lot about wound principles of wound management. They've not really changed, actually, in the 30 to 40 years that I've been involved. They are they are very simple. But if they're not implemented, the patient has a, a wound that's not diagnosed properly, not assessed, the treatment isn't appropriate, we waste a lot of money, the patient suffers in terms of, um, you know, their activities of daily living and their, their well-being, um, and nobody really notices. So, you know, that's, that's the risk. Um, and we've got to get out and teach people who are not interested in wound care. That's the real problem we have. We run conferences, we have seminars, and we see the same people. It's fantastic. We see more and more people each year, but we see the same faces. Um, how do we get to the people who are not interested at all? That's that's the thing that, that vexes me in my mind. What do we do about that? I haven't got the answer for that. But it's something um, that I think we need to, to look at together. Yeah, yeah, because you say it's the people that are interested that are there. And yeah, we need those others as well. Uh, but just coming to you, Sebastian, um, Madeline's talked about a number of challenges. And uh, what about in your opinion and your experiences? What are some of the challenges in wound management education? We're still in this uh, process of uh, the paradigm change from experience-based to evidence-based, and there it goes uh, again towards what uh, Madeleine said. But when I'm looking um, Europe in general, um, here I exclude a little bit the, the UK because they are a little bit further ahead, but all the nursing educations, they are not uniformized. That means uh, we have some that are on a university level and others that are not on a university level. And that makes also wound care a little bit more complicated, especially um, when I, I, many, many colleagues, they're asking me, what, which curricula shall I take now for my students? Uh, and um, then, for example, the, the, the curricula six is the bachelor's, uh, but for other countries, it's uh, it's nearly a master level or uh, even a, a lower level. So we have to uniformize the, the, the nursing education. For example, like the physicians, uh, they have their studies. It's on a university level. And I think it's um, this would help as well to um, for the, the nursing profession and especially for wound care that we can bring that forward. Yeah, because I think, you know, it's particularly for nursing education, it seems in some countries it's about, oh, they just need to know the practical aspects and not the theoretical aspects. And I think we're seeing that in some of the Euro European countries. But 
you know, it's exactly what we're saying about this this dilemma between the evidence and the experience as well. Um, but it's not just about nursing education. You've mentioned physicians and nurses, Sebastian. Um, what other healthcare professionals do you think um, we could be thinking about in terms of Yuma taking forwards education? So when I um, see a little bit what we are doing here in Geneva, we have an interdisciplinary uh, wound course and um, we just uh, concluded a course where there we had an occupational therapist in there, we have physicians in there, we target also physical therapists. So it's important that we have the entire interdisciplinary team and uh, therefore we have to support um, um, the, the, or, or we have to bring the, these curricula in their uh, educations so that we can, um, we can work together. Um, I can give you another example. We have the simulation training where we have um, a dietitian, we have uh, physicians, we have nurses, we have uh, pharmacists, and we give them a wound care situation here, a venous leg ulcer situation, and then we put the put all the professionals uh, to the patient, to the simulation patient, and then they have to solve together uh, the problem. So they had to learn how to communicate with each other and um, they have to even see, oh, this profession can bring this value um, to the patient uh, outcome or um, uh, now I know for my future, um, I can call, for example, the dietitian because I wasn't sure, or uh, a physical therapist uh, to do um, uh, to help me with the bandages, etc. Yeah, and I think you know, just to give some background, because you know, those that are listening to this podcast mm-hmm. may have already looked at our Yuma curricula, and as you say, Sebastian, they're they're targeted at nurses. Um, but the background to that is that there was an educational need identified for initially a level five curriculum for nurses, particularly in Germany. So Yuma supported the development of the level five curriculum specifically so that it could be rolled out in in Germany. And then from there, we worked on the other curricular documents as well. But I think we've always been very mindful uh, that we're not ignoring the other healthcare professionals, uh, but we were very much addressing a need um, that the teacher network had raised particularly about nursing education and trying to standardise that. But I guess that leads us quite nicely into thinking about what Yuma and other wound management societies can do or should be doing in terms of ongoing development of wound management education. So, Madeline, I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Um, I'd like to sort of echo what Sebastian was saying. I, I think this is all about multidisciplinary uh, collaboration. You know, we do it in clinical practice. And as as you've alluded to, um, when it comes to education, traditionally, people say, well, we teach the nurses this, we teach the doctors that, we teach the pharmacists that. Now, I've been in a very, uh, you know, forward thinking institution for, for many years. And I work in a medical school. I'm a nurse by background, but the medical school invited me in and said, we want postgraduate dermatology and wound care. And I said, well, the first thing is that I won't teach that to doctors uh, without the rest of the the professional groups. 
And the feeling at the beginning was, well, what do you teach the nurses? What do you teach the doctors? And I said, we teach everybody exactly the same, whether they're podiatrists, pharmacists, uh you know we have we have radio radiographers that have done the course all sorts of different practitioners and we've been very successful in doing that um you know and we're, we're lucky in the uk we can have a framework where we can do that um so it is about recognizing the the, the different roles that people have in the team um and what the value of that role is particularly in wound care and i think you know, this is something that Yuma, Yuma supports all different types of health professionals um, right the way through the organization, right up into, um, you know, the executive committees. There are, you know, nurses, doctors and, and other members of the team. And I think that's hugely important that, you know, we lead by example. Thank you, Madeline. Um, Sebastian, you already talked about a number of things that you would hope to see in developing education. Um, but what's your vision as the, the UMA president at the moment in terms of how we can push wound management education forwards? So one thing is very important for me that we can reach out to the educational institutions or that the educational institutions reach out to Yuma to increase their knowledge about this um, curricula and to promote especially uh, also their value. Then um, I think it's important that we reach out also to the relevant organizations um, on a European or even on a national level that um, may have to influence on the planning of the nursing educations or the physician educations as well. Then we have to um, engage the Yuma Teacher Network. Madeline was already uh, uh, talking about that, that we can promote and implement uh, these uh, curricula there and um, that they are our um, uh, the persons that are um, the voices and um, uh, that, that we can have this, uh, this curricula well implemented in these, um, um, in these uh, uh, existing programs. And then we have to, the, the curricula has to be a basis also for the endorsements of the wound education um, for the listeners here, uh, we can you can endorse your program. You can in, uh, uh, with by Yuma, and so we we can endorse, for example, the um, the wound education of your institution using the curricula of uh, the Yuma, and this is not only in Europe, but uh, we endorse also worldwide. Then, of course, I would like to. Uh, uh, support the implementation of the physician curricula and to increase their knowledge in uh, wound care. Because uh, as Madeleine already said, it's important to have an interprofessional team. And uh, so it's not only from the nursing side, but also to, from the physician and the other um, disciplines. Yeah, thank you, Sebastian. And yes, also for our listeners, just to mention, if you are working in any educational institution, whether that be a college or a university, you can join our teacher network. So please have a look at our website for information on that. 
So um, to bring the conversation to a close, I'd like to ask you both about your goals for wound management in your own institutions. So we've been talking very much about humour, but in terms of your own goals and visions for your own institutions, Madeline, um, you know, what are your plans in terms of education? Um, I think uh, I think at my institution, it, it it's about driving potential. We we focus. We're post grad. Uh, I don't. I'm not involved in undergraduate teaching. Um, so I think it is a little bit different at postgraduate level, and and it's really about developing specialist practice and giving practitioners the confidence to develop their wound care skills to to innovate and become sort of champions of change because it really is difficult implementing change in the real world um people are working in different environments you know in different countries um with different healthcare crises going on and so i think for us it's about transformative change about giving people the skills that they can use in different situations um, and if I look back at uh, I, I love going to you know international conferences I always look at the program and I think yeah that's one of my students that's one of our students and it's just fantastic that's what it's about it's not about the qualification that you get at the end that's important for the student the the individual studying but it's about the potential where they're going to go in the future and we've got people who are literally all of us in all of our institutions that are trailblazing and they're the people of the future that are going to make the real difference for the patients and that's what education is about at the end of the day for me. Yeah, it's finding that next generation, isn't it, of, you know, wound experts that can that can continue the good work. Um, yeah, so Sebastian, in terms of your own institution, uh, what are your goals and visions for wound management? So I would like to um, continue with, um, with this paradigm shift from experienced uh, to evidence-based. Um, our students have to be more, have to read more uh, studies, discuss them critically. Um, we need more um, well-formed um, uh, teachers so that we can bring wound care forward. We have to f uh, finish with the implement with the curricula because we have only the first and second year now it comes to third year of uh, bachelors so i look forward to this and um, what we are doing is uh, to ask the feedback always from the students and um, um, and so that we can share that with our colleagues uh, through publications Thank you, Sebastian. So thank you both very much for your insights into the achievements, challenges and goals for wound management education. You've been listening to the last episode of the Yuma podcast, focusing on 30 years of the European Wound Management Association. Don't forget that you can listen to our previous podcast episodes by visiting our website, www.yuma.org. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, don't forget to like and share it with your colleagues. We also hope to see you at the next Yuma conference on the 1st to the 3rd of February 2022 in Paris, France. In the meantime, on behalf of Yuma, I'd like to wish you all a safe and peaceful Christmas and New Year. Until the next time, 
Thank you for listening.